Auzubillahiminashaitwanirrajim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Respected elders, brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum Yeah, so um, I'm glad that you talked a bit about logic um, in Islam as well because I wanted to talk today a bit about something that can relate to my studies and also what I'm interested in um, and look more into the future so I've decided to choose a topic that I think isn't that well understood in our community as a whole um, which is mental health um, Personally, I find that the image of mental health uh, in our community is a bit skewed and often not well understood at times. And often you hear about uh, things like exorcisms or freeing people of possessions um, amongst the Islamic community. Um, but I think Islam actually provides uh, Muslims with a code of behaviours, ethics and social values, which helps them in tolerating and developing adaptive coping strategies uh, to deal with stressful life events or to deal with uh, problems that may be seen as mental health issues. So a quote uh, the, from the Quran, chapter 28, verse 77, Seek the life to come by means of what God granted you, but do not neglect your rightful share in this world. Do good to others as God has done good to you. Do not seek to spread corruption in the land, for God does not love those who do this. I think there's a lot of quotes like this, um, which if a Muslim can look at them, and it doesn't have to be just a Muslim, anyone with some kind of faith uh, in this world. If you look at quotes like this, you can kind of build um, like a guideline or kind of uh, something that you can look to if you ever do feel that you've uh, come under um, some kind of stress. Uh, there's, a, there's an attachment theory by someone called John Balby. Um, so we know that having a secure attachment has been linked to, over, to an overwhelm or all-being coping better mental health strategy. So an enhanced self-esteem, a stronger relationship um, functioning and thus a healthy attachment to God would also be linked to a better psychosocial functioning. Once again, the Quran I think narrates this really nicely in chapter 65 verse 3. And, who, and whosoever puts his trust in Allah, then he will suffice him. So again, we can see that Islam has said you know, if you if you do ever come under problems in terms of it, not just mental health, but this can be any problem really. Um, if you have that faith and have that trust in Allah, you know, he, you will receive um, that trust as well and that faith. Um, so I had a look at some papers as well, um, some research papers that were published in the Indian Medical Journal of Psychiatry, um, and researchers have found that. Muslims are quite hesitant to seek for mental health professionals in the West, um, especially due to differences in their beliefs and the culture. And sometimes Muslims might feel uncomfortable um, in seeking psychiatric help to avoid conflict with some certain beliefs. Um, but I, I think you have to see that the treatment in psychiatry is, is very biopsychosocial, as in religion is considered to be one of the most psychosocial factors in human life in our world. So therefore, I want to try to recognize how Islam can actually modify the treatments um, and prevention of different mental health disorders. The, the thing is, there's so many mental health disorders I could go through, and we're not going to have enough time to go through all of them. So I'm just going to go through like um, uh, the model of all kind of mental health disorders, and then talk a bit about depression as is a major one. So in Islam, religion and spirituality are not mutually exclusive, um, as you cannot have one without the other, in my opinion. Um, other religious and spiritual traditions may see them as separate, um, where you can have one or, or the other. So from a biological perspective, different studies have found that being religious increases patient satisfaction and adherence to treatment uh, in many cases. This can be applied to Islam in the way 
that drug adherence through encouraging Muslims to look at their health by seeking advice and receiving treatment is almost considered as a gift from God which should be cherished. On the, current, on the contrary to what is commonly thought amongst Western societies that Muslims um, kind of bought this mental illnesses are due to demons or jinn, um, it was actually the Europeans in the medieval period um, who viewed mental illness uh, as a demon-related illness. Whereas actually Muslim scholars of the time, uh, including Ibn, Ibn Sina, who was actually seen as the, modern, the father of modern medicine, um, rejected such concepts and viewed mental health disorders as conditions that were psychologically based. This actually led to the establishment of the first psychiatric ward uh, in Baghdad in Iraq um, by Al-Razi, one of the greatest Islamic physicians. Uh, and this was the first psychiatric hospital of sorts in the world actually. And according to his views, Al-Razi's views, mental disorders were considered medical conditions and were treated by using psychotherapy and drug treatments rather than um, what a lot of Islamic people see as a, a sort of peer or beating someone or using Quranic verses to get a jinn out of someone. Um, another, another fact which is, to be honest, related to all medicine is the uh, awareness and adherence to psychiatric med medication that can be affected during uh, different like, periods of the year, for example Ramadan. Um, but again, you can easily adjust you know, intervals, your dosage, timings, and it shouldn't be something that gets in the way of uh, a Muslim's life, you know, uh, medication like this, because it's always seen as a kind of stigma against it. Someone is taking medication to, uh, well, what they'll say is keeping them sane. But ac actually, it's just like any other disease, where if you need medication for the disease, it helps you be, be better or be treated. Um, so the, the stigma shouldn't, really shouldn't exist, in my opinion. And again, in the Quran where it says, you know, um, sorry, yeah, Allah desired for you ease, He desired not hardship for you. So in that case, like, it, if you, for example, do miss your fast or you, there is something that you miss, for example, your namaz or any other thing, it's, it's all justified if you, if you look in the Quran. Um, so regarding the psychosocial model, there's Islamic, there is Islamic counseling as well. Um, and this is essentially where the main role of the Imam would be to provide advice which would be in accordance with Quranic principles um, and teachings of Prophet Muhammad. And Muslims approach these Islams on counselling for social or mental health issues, um, even, I mean, all kinds of issues to be honest. But this uh, form of counselling proved to be effective um, in many, many countries actually. Um, Another model of Islamic counselling, which kind of brings you more to the uh, traditional approach that people would see, is a healer uh, as a sheikh or darwesh, or depending on where you live, it's, it, it will change. Um, and this model explains that the illness or personal problems as a possession of a spirit, and the solution is essentially to exercise the spirit um, through reading the Quran, through prayers, through beating the spirits out of the, the actual client's body. Um, and despite the support of some studies for the value of traditional healing, many Muslims actually do not believe this to be a form of healing. Uh, personally, I don't believe it to be a form of healing. Um, and would actually see this as an inappropriate form of healing and even banned in actually some uh, Muslim countries. Um, there is actually evidence to suggest it can help in neurotic symptoms, but in terms of actual mental health cases, uh, there's really not that much research. Um, there is also, Sufism is also seen as a model that can help with mental health in many cases um, but it's very extensive and not very relevant so I'm not going to yeah. go into it. 
Um, there's actually a growing interest nowadays in Islamic psychotherapy from Western country perspectives. So, in obviously Western countries, you, when you talk about mental health or psychiatry, you don't look at it from a religious perspective, you look at it from a medical perspective. But there's actually many things. Um, so, they've been trialing certain uh, uh, studies where they've uh, used Quranic metaphors or they've used stories of the Prophet and his traditions um, as well as the biographies of the Prophet himself um, with Muslim patients and they've actually um, actually have a great amount of success in being able to treat patients with that and with uh, adjunctive with uh, medication as well um, so you don't, have, don't forget that there's medication there to help people um, because if you see the, during the kind of the golden era of Islam um, the Islamic scholars discussed the concept of psychology, psychiatry, psychotherapy and their relationship to mental health was a lot better than I think our society is now. Um, for example, I've talked about Al-Razi before um, and he actually achieved a lot of success in kind of discovering the definition and the symptoms of mental health um, and he's, he's uh, actually entitled it in his book uh, Al-Mansuri Dan Al-Tib Al-Ruhani I haven't read it myself, but I've had a look at some of the footnotes from it. And it's actually amazing to see just how much they actually thought um, and actually had... Um, I mean, it was all obviously their ideas at the time, which now, if you look at them, are actually really like fit to the psychiatric uh, guidelines that you use nowadays to actually treat patients. So, um, so there are uh, modifications that have been given to therapy nowadays. Um, and I think there's also a lot of group therapy. And I think uh, Abu was saying this as well, where uh, a lot of mental health problems can come from so social isolation. And Islam is a kind of a religion where I believe the social isolation isn't, uh, it shouldn't be a huge problem because, as you know, you're really encouraged to read namaz in a jamaat. You have Friday prayers where you're meant to come together as a community. There's so many uh, opportunities for you to join with your community and see others and and you know be with others. So. If you, you know, follow this uh, kind of pattern, you shouldn't ever feel that social isolation, in my opinion. And I think that goes for all religious communities as well. The, all religions have a kind of, at least one day where they, you know, are supposed to come together, talk together, you know, pray together, etc. So, I think a, re a religion can be seen as a very, you know, um, protective factor against any kind of mental health uh, issue. Um, there, there were problems though. Um, so group therapy can be problematic actually for Muslims because um, although you know in a Western setting it can conflict with a number of Islamic values for example some Muslims can feel uh, uh, uncomfortable sharing personal details in a group uh, I, I would say some of us might feel uncomfortable particularly if the member of the opposite gender are present as well I think less so in our Jamaat but it can as you were talking about uh, in Sunni Jamaats and whatnot. Um, however, the functions of such groups may be enhanced if they're composed of the same gender um, and those values are taken into account. Um, and they've actually have done a, a lot of um, studies on schizophrenia in Saudi Arabia, um, which have revealed that these kind of modified cognitive therapies um, using the Quran and Islam have actually come with either similar or superior results as the traditional therapies that are used um, in mental in psychiatry. So it's it's quite positive actually um, the research that they have. Um, so just to finish, I, I just want to touch on depression as it's one of the major kind of mental health issues, um, and it's just very brief. But again, there's lots of things in the Quran that can you know help you if you ever feel. Um, <coughs> 
I mean, not if you ever feel depressed, but if you ever feel like you might want to know more about it or might not know enough, essentially. Um, so negative life events are obviously major uh, risk factors for depression. And Islam, I think, plays a really important role in helping Muslims cope with negative life events, um, helping them both in prevention and then the treatment. Um, so obviously no one's superhuman, uh, everyone feels negative effects once in a while. And we, we as Muslims, I think, are really encouraged to resist them with positive thoughts and actions um, and to seek, if, if needed, to seek help. Um, so uh, in the Quran, verse, chapter 94, verses 5 to 6, um, so verily with every difficulty there is a relief. Verily with every difficulty there is relief. Again, this is, this is like re... what do you call it? is reaffirmed this, this kind of message. Islam encourages people to stay hopeful, even if someone has committed the worst sin or faced with some trouble, troublesome life event. Um, there is always God's mercy. You know that that message is always given. Allah is the most, you know, He's the most seeing, the most knowing, the most fair. So you you can never, from someone who believes in Islam, you'd never feel trapped. I would say uh, in that kind of circle that you do feel when you uh, are feeling depressed. Um, and uh, to quote the Quran again, chapter 12, verse 87, and never give up hope of Allah's soothing mercy. Truly, no one despairs of Allah's soothing mercy except those who have no faith. Um, and to counter maladaptive thoughts, they're related to hopelessness and feeling overwhelmed with life, um, as there is no place for despair, because Muslims <coughs> believe that it's God Himself um, who is in charge of everything, the all seeing, the all knowing. So, um, just to finish uh, on a quote. Uh, from the Quran, chapter 65, verses 2 to 3. Um, and for those who fear Allah, He always prepares a way out, and He provides for him from sources he could never have imagined. And if anyone puts his trust in Allah, sufficient is Allah for him. For Allah will surely accomplish His purpose. Verily, for all things has Allah appointed a due proportion. Um, so that's essentially what I wanted to I just wanted to touch on mental health and be like how Islam can kind of help um, to explain it. And I, I hope maybe in the future I can maybe like expand on this and you know make more um, to different aspects. Thank you very much.